0: Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Did you know that HIV treatment has changed over the years? Most HIV pills contain three or more medicines. Today, HIV pills with just two medicines may help you stay undetectable. That's nice, right? Mm -hmm. HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. So how many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, it's no worries, because your doctor does. Talk to your doctor about a two in one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. Real talk, a lot of people are sitting on millions of dollars right now if they would just sell their grandma's house.
2: Yeah, but what about the sentimental value attached? Which one weighs more?
0: The one that pays more bills.
2: The coins. Mm Mm-hmm. Cash out, y'all that is. ass hey I'm Kadeen and I'm
3: DaVal and
2: we're the Ellises.
0: you may know us from posting funny videos with our boys
2: and reading each other publicly as a form of therapy
0: wait I make you need therapy most days
2: Dead ass starts right now.
0: I'm gonna take y'all back to 2017, no, 2018. Okay. This is when you and I were trying to make the decision of whether or not we were going to move to LA or not,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and we were working a lot working a lot, making a lot of money at this point, like cash coming in from the gym business and Mm -hmm. doing social media and doing events and things like that, Mm -hmm. also doing makeup. But we needed capital because we were like, listen, if we were going to relocate from New York to L.A., the gym business at that time was a large part of how we made money.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: So we would need some time to move over. I said, what's the best way for me to get some capital? In 2007... I purchased my grandparents' house because my grandparents needed to move from South Carolina to New York. No, from, they, they needed to move from Tennessee to South Carolina.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And at the time, Morristown, Tennessee, is you know the, this was right before the economic crisis, the recession happened in 2009, but there weren't a lot of um, plants and stuff open at that time there, so the economy was down, so no one was purchasing property in the area. So my grandparents were looking to move to South Carolina to be closer to their siblings. And it was like, all right, well, let's keep the house in the family. I was playing in the NFL at the time. So I was like, all right, let me just buy this house mm-hmm. so it can stay in the family. It's going to be like a family heirloom. I'll just pay off. I'll pay off the property in the next couple of years or the next, next couple of contracts, whatever. That was my thought process, 2007. Then 2008... I purchased a home for us to live in because we were living in Michigan and we wanted the tax write-off. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to get a residency in Michigan rather than having one in New York because the New York tax was cr- ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I own two properties. Let's go back to 2018 now when we were thinking about moving to LA. How do we get capital? And I was like, well, I own two properties that have equity.
3: Mm-hmm. So at first
0: up. it was like, do I sell my grandparents' house? to get the equity out so I could have a little space to move or do a hold on to it so it could be a family heirloom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no one is going to go back to Morristown, <laughs> Tennessee to live there. <laughs> right? Right. I was paying all of the times that there was no tenants in there. Mm-hmm. I was paying the mortgage. I was paying for when the Head boiler had to be ache, fixed. y'all. Headache. I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to cash in on this equity. Use that to put in my bank so that when we relocate, at least I had a couple months to make sure that I can get my feet underneath me. And that's exactly what Kay and I did. We sold both Mm -hmm. properties. We had a good amount of equity. And when we made that jump to LA, we knew we were sitting on at least eight months of rent. So that it was like, yo, I got eight months to figure out how I'm going to uh, duplicate that revenue that I lost Mm -hmm. in the gym business in Mm -hmm. New York. And we were going to make it work. It was all worth it because our dreams were in LA. Mm -hmm. And... The minute we moved to LA, our whole life changed. Sure did. So imagine if I never sold my grandparents' house to move to LA, we'd probably still be in that apartment.
2: Oof, child. Nothing like God's perfect timing.
0: Dead ass.
3: <laughs> doom mm. doom
2: doom
3: doom doom. Mm.
2: A room is still a room. Even when there's nothing there but gloom. Speak, baby. And a house is not a home when there's no one there to do what, baby? To hold you tight. And no one to kiss goodnight. (laughs) Ooh, yeah, that is definitely not my octave, but hey. (laughs) We made it work. Y'all get it. A house is not a home.
0: I don't think there's an octave that can hold Luther. That doesn't like We're fact. talking about Luther right he
2: did now. His own, he did his own thing. But I want to know are you going to be? Are you going to be? Say, you're going to be. <laughs> in love with, with me. me. Well, 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 well. That's my favorite part. I love I'm that. Still in love
3: with. <laughs> <me>. <laughs>
2: Rest in peace, Loofa.
1: Yes, rest let me in tell peace, you.
2: Lufa, yeah. Listen, I think we should take a break. Let me go see what my other favorite Loofa songs are in here. <laughs> Come back, and then we'll jump into selling grandma's house.
0: Yes. Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Let me ask you a question. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, check this out. If you said two, three, or maybe even four, you're absolutely right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines, but you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines and one single pill. Yep, there's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? Well, HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. How many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, don't trip. Because your doctor knows. Talk to your doctor about a 2-in-1 HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? I don't know. Go for a run, take a nap, read a book. Maybe show up for a friend. A lot of people spend their lives wishing they had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and to make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can do more of that. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash deadass today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot slash deadass.
4: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
1: All right, so we're back.
2: All right, and let's 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 just kind
1: of walk people through. Yeah,
2: let's unpack the this whole process here because We've, that's a debate I think a lot of families have. Yeah. You know, you're sitting on this property that has been in the family for years. Right. Um, that you know, grandma, great grandma, grandpa, they worked really, really yes, hard, extremely hard, to um obtain. So.
0: So there was there was a lot that went into this thought process, and there's a lot of my family history with property mm-hmm. that I want to kind of unpack,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? First and foremost, my family comes from a line of Southern blacks who owned property. Mm-hmm. My grandmother's father mm-hmm. was, he was a sharecropper and he was one of the few blacks. He was black and um, Native American, I believe. This
2: is uh, my This
0: is nanny, or? nana's.
2: Okay, so dad's nana's, mom. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And my,
0: her, his Mom and Dad mm-hmm. are from um, Indigenous people descent. I don't know if the descendants from the Indigenous people. I gotcha. know what people don't know is that the Indigenous people had property. Yes. In America. Absolutely. But they also owned slaves. Mm-hmm. So my grandmother and grandfather are from Ar- Orangeburg, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And if you look at my grandmother's family, mm-hmm. they're really, really fair-skinned people. Mm-hmm. Right. Some of them are really, really fair-skinned people. Some have that like brownish olive complexion is because of the indigenous people side mm-hmm. and i think some german in there but her family came from money her mm-hmm. dad drove a cadillac he owned property he had share he was a, a sharecropper you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. i remember going down south and seeing the big house they used to call it the big house that was granddad's house that was the big house and when we had family reunions we'd all go to the big house and it'd be all of the family would be there. All the cousins would sleep there all the way up until the attic. Mm-hmm. So, for me, having a property that the family can come by and we could all do like family reunions and stuff mm-hmm. always meant a lot to me. Yeah. Remember when you went to my fam- my, my grandparents' 50th anniversary? Oh, yeah. And we all the- stayed in that bus house. Bus fried, Remember? equipped
2: with the fried chicken legs wrapped in the bread, <laughs> all the snacks, the sweet tea. Yes. Them bus rides be the best.
0: Shout out, shout out to Orangeburg, South Carolina. <laughs> But um, so it was always ingrained in me to own property. You know, my grandfather, uh, my my grandmother's husband, my grandfather, he owned property. So he and his is a funny story too. My parents stayed in a house on Troy Avenue in Flatbush. Mm-hmm. My grandfather had bought the property for twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand dollars back in then. Brooklyn. And my my dad was still living here in Brooklyn, and he was just like, hey, Troy. You know, you want to stay in this house? You know, mm-hmm. there was a mortgage on it was like $200 at the time, right? Mm. My father asked my mom.
2: Oh, I remember this story. <laughs> right? My father's
0: like, hey, Karen, do you want to stay here? It was like a, a two-family house. Had a bunch of rooms. like. She's like, no, it's too big. I don't want to stay there. So my father, like, okay. Kind of like kind of like me <laughs> and you with the house, right? You're like, okay. So they went and stayed in an apartment in Flatbush. Oh,
3: goodness. And let
0: my grandfather sell the house. Mm. He sold the house and then bought the house in Tennessee. Those houses on Troy Avenue now are worth seven figures. Just I just want to put that out there: a brick two-family house in Flatbush on Troy Avenue; those are worth at least a, a million, three, a million four right
2: now. Damn, my
0: But um, yeah, had, you dropped the a, bag, ma.
2: We had our moment. I dropped the bag too. It's all right though.
0: But I'm I'm gonna get to that though. I'm I'm gonna get mm-hmm. to I'm gonna get to that though, but um, so it was always ingrained in me to own property. Mm-hmm. So when I bought the house in Tennessee, that was the house that me and my cousins always went to. Mm-hmm. In the summertime, right, we had family reunions at the house. When my my grandparents had the 50th anniversary, that's the first time you ever stayed in the house. Mm-hmm. In Tennessee, was that house? So I was like, I'm a, I'm just gonna keep this house so that I can take my kids mm-hmm. to this house and I can show them where your dad used to stay and your grandparents owned this and your 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 grandparents lived here with the only black family in this cul de sac in Morristown, Tennessee in the 70s. Like it was, it meant a lot to me. Yes, and now we get to the choices of us two saying, what are we going to do to get to L.A.? Mm -hmm. And me owning the house and the house having some equity in it and then buying the house in Michigan, I I purchased that home because you and I... Well, I wanted to prove to you at the time that there was a future for us. Yeah, And I also wanted to get residency in Michigan because the taxes in New York at that time because I was playing in so many different states was ridiculous. Right. So we purchased those houses. That goes into... The decision Kadine made, I don't think we ever t- touched on this. When I asked Kadine if she wanted to buy a house in New York or she wanted to get married and have a big wedding, part of what her decision was to having a big wedding is that we already owned two properties. Yeah. They weren't the properties that we lived in, they were investment properties. But we own two properties that was my mindset so, too
2: so, i get it yeah I get it. I but don't if think you we just ever... hear at surface level you're just right. like oh of course you just want the big wedding just because and i'm like well we have two homes if we needed to we could right. sell them and buy something else so i and i, I and i both get that. things <laughs>
0: and, I, and i get that yeah but my thought process at the time was to mm-hmm. buy a house in an area that was pre-gentrification so yeah. that we could get a huge amount of equity at mm-hmm. that time we weren't going to get that in those other two properties so when we were staying in the apartment and it was time for us to make a leap forward, it was like, now was the time to use what my grandparents had worked so hard for. And that was the equity. And here's the way I want you guys to think about it. I never wanted to sell my grandparents' house. I wanted to hold on to it, rent it out, until I was able to just completely afford it and then not rent it out and have it be a family heirloom. Where we travel and we take the kids and we say, you can actually walk in the places that your, your dad walked when he was a little kid. Mm-hmm. But also, it was on an acre and a half of land. And I wanted to be able to show them ownership, like black ownership. Mm-hmm. That was my ultimate intention. For sure. But then I started to think uh, a little bit more broadly and say, I can hold on to this house and show my kids this house. Or I can use the equity from this house to create a grander life for my kids and show them the world. Mm. so what's more important mm. being able to show them the house mm-hmm. or show them the world right and you and i chose to show them the world because we didn't just sell that house we also sold the house in michigan which mm-hmm. in my mind like i said this was my first property that i bought that was this mine that was ours to live in mm-hmm. i wanted to be able to hold on to it to say yeah hey boys this is where your dad and mom live this is the first home they bought right but we sold it and we kind of put aside all of the, you know, family heirloom, sentimental value things in mm-hmm. order to be able to find real value right. and give them something that they didn't have. And it worked out in our favor. You know, we had enough equity to put money in the bank to say we were going to last. And this is the way I always do my finances. If I'm going to make a decision, I'm going to make a decision that puts us in a situation that there's not, there's no stress for Kay and myself. Mm-hmm. So when we decided that we were going to move to LA, it wasn't about just moving to LA. Because you hear some of these stories where... I moved to L.A. with no, nothing but change in my pocket. And right. that uncomfortable <laughs> feeling made me work hard, mm-hmm. right? I'm a, I'm a hard worker anyway. Right, I don't want my family to be uncomfortable. Right, So that equity for us was to give us at least six to eight months of rent so that we could be in California and be comfortable. Right, So it's like I almost have a year a whole year to to get on my feet to figure, figure out that out. additional revenue
2: and we could have been uncomfortable if it was just you and i but right when you're moving with children especially cross-country yeah. it's like you got to make sure that you had that little bit of cushion room so yeah
0: so to me selling the house was a way for me to use that equity to to give my parent my family a better opportunity moving forward and it worked out mm-hmm. you know when we moved to la way more opportunities opened up we made way more money and ultimately ended up with us purchasing this home that we're living in now. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, holding on to that heirloom right. wouldn't have helped us because we'd have still been renting in New York and paying the mortgages on two other properties. Instead, I sold it, took out the equity, and moved forward. And now we're, we're seeing a better I'm financial. To
2: did your um? Did your your, like your parents, particularly your I guess your dad or any of your dad's side of family, they were okay once we sold the house, right? There was no because sometimes that's a family. Beef is like to sell the house and not sell the house. Usually you see a split. Somebody's like, we should sell it to get the benefit well, of the property and the money, but this is, this is typically then what, there's the this other is, side.
0: This is typically what happens with beefs, right? People with no money always want to tell people who are investing all the money into it how they should spend it. Hmm. I wasn't willing to do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And and the bottom line is is if you're not willing to help into the investment of the family, you should have no say. And what we sure. do in... A lot of our families nowadays is we just give people sentimental equity, mm-hmm. which means it's, oh, because you're the oldest, oh, or because right. you're one of the cousins, you have a say. Right. But when all of the finances falls on one person, that person has the most say mm-hmm. because that person is required to making sure that the building is maintained. Mm. And that's that's what happens that I think is so unfair. Right. But my family, though, we don't operate like that. Right. My my aunts, my uncles, my my father was just like if if it's a burden, if that house is a burden for you, you got to do, do for your family. <laughs> right, and I think that's what's helped my family prosper financially mm-hmm. is because they don't, no one ever holds someone back for their own personal gain. It's like okay, if this can move us forward then we all have to be in agreement or if this is a burden to one person in particular mm-hmm. we can't allow this mm-hmm. entity to be a burden to one person while we sit back
2: right so unless you're willing to contribute and right. to find a way to devise a plan to make it a better situation or problem solve absolutely then, and
0: that's one yeah. thing i say about my my well that side of the family is my father's side of the family but mm-hmm. my grandfather was big on teaching financial uh, acumen. Yeah. Well, in, well, in, in stu- instilling a, some sort of financial acumen into all of his children. Mm-hmm. So when it was time to have these conversations, mm-hmm. it went a lot smoother than you hear in other families. Right. Because a lot of times, there's no one in charge mm-hmm. who lays down the law about what is supposed to happen. Most people don't have wills You know, most people don't have trust. Yes. So when someone dies unexpectedly, Mm -hmm. now everyone else is left scrambling.
2: Right. To try to figure things out.
0: My my grandfather, God rest his soul, Charles Edward Ellis, laid things out Mm -hmm. for his four children. Mm Mm-hmm. So they everyone knew what it was. There mm-hmm. was no when he passed away there was no who's getting it it was he knew what it was. Right. And they made things clear. Plus he took care of his family. Mm-hmm. He always took care of his kids even in adulthood. Mm-hmm. So when it was time for me to make the decision all of his children was like do what you have to do for your family. Like don't let what happened in our generation or things that, that have trickle happened, down trickled down, that's not fair. All of my aunts and uncles are the same way. Yeah, They they don't ever like, we're going to hold this one back because no, mm-hmm. you got to move forward. My my family would rather go without than ask me to hold on to something that wasn't beneficial to our family. Mm-hmm. And your family is the same way. absolutely. And I think that's another reason why we've been able to prosper so much because we come from families... That don't have a selfish bone in their body mm-hmm. and I think that in large part is why a lot of families struggle because because you know when it's time to sell the house everybody wants their peace mm-hmm. but no one was there for
2: the upkeep but, and the maintenance and that happens
0: to a lot of families
2: that does happen a lot I, and it had me thinking when you mentioned the will I'm just like that's something everyone should have regardless yeah. of age yeah you got to have that because if not that untimely death mm-hmm. or those unfortunate circumstances Uh, in in having to deal with grief alone then you're now dealing with all the extra shit that comes along with it
0: and there there are difficult those are difficult conversations to have for sure when you get to a certain age and now all of your friends are in this 30s age we we start to talk about different things right Mm -hmm. the conversations have now navigated from um the hottest chick and who's winning (laughs) the game to How's your son doing in sports? How's right. your daughter doing in sports? Or right. how's your mom and dad dealing with so-and-so? Mm-hmm. So now these conversations are talking about wills. Mm-hmm. And these conversations are talking about, you know, parents with Alzheimer's and mm-hmm. having those conversations. Mm-hmm. Do you have insurance?
3: Right.
0: A lot of the people in the generation right above us or two generations before us don't have wills in place. Right. Don't have insurance.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So things are happening. And now my my buddies are just like, you know, their first generation, our, our generation has been doing really well. Mm-hmm. Most of us are the first generation to graduate college,
3: mm-hmm.
0: have high paying six figure jobs. So a lot of the family comes to my friend group to ask for the advice. The advice. But then when they try to give the advice, it's always met with vitriol. Mm. You know, for example, one of my buddies had his uncle's house was pretty much snatched from underneath him. He had a house in. I think it was Philadelphia, fully paid off. Uh, it was him and his sons. His sons weren't doing as well as my buddy, and his sons, you know, ended up, you know, leaving. But they they come stay in the house, mm-hmm. but they don't contribute, contribute at all. To it, right. And the father was starting to go through dementia, mm-hmm. and no one was paying the water bills. No one was paying the city taxes, and they got a, um, letter on the door, mm-hmm. for eviction. And they're like, "You can't evict us. We own we own our house." The father hadn't paid the water bill or the state taxes and I think, it was about three years, or the city tax in oh, three wow. years. And people are going into these areas mm-hmm. and buying the deeds because there's liens on the property. Uh, Someone bought the deed for the remaining balance of what they owed in the city taxes because there was no yep. mortgage on the house. Then let's get Since out. there was no mortgage on the house and there was no bank to be paid. Mm-hmm. Now the new person who paid for the lien to be removed owned the property. Owned the property. So they had to go to probate court to fight, Wild. which cost more money. Wild. And when he was telling his cousins at the time, like, hey, if you guys are looking for capital, there's nothing for you to do. You need to at least take care of the house if you don't want to sell it. Mm-hmm. But he was telling them, like, hey, your, your dad has hundreds of thousands worth of equity in this house. Mm-hmm. That if you want to do better for him, even if you sell the home you put him in a home, or put him get sell a home, put him in a place where he can get around the, the clock nurse care. Mm-hmm. You guys invest in some things to you know increase your your worth of what you can make, but no one wanted to listen to him. Now the house is gone, and now they're like save us. Uh-huh. And he's just like I've been trying to tell Sounds you what like a what to do. Similar
2: story that I think a lot of people deal with.
0: A lot of people, but yeah. and the, and when he asked him like why didn't y'all want to sell a house, They're like well it was Dad's house. You know, we didn't want to. You know, we didn't want to sell the house. I said, but there was no upkeep on the house. Mm-hmm. The house was terrible. Mm-hmm. The grass was never cut. Um, as he got older, he started to hoard things. Mm-hmm. So it became a hoarder's house. It had nothing but junk in the house. Right. So you let him run the house ragged. Mm-hmm. You know, drive down the property value. Let mm-hmm. someone come get it for next to nothing. Right. And, and you now know what you they have about to nothing. do with that? Yes. They're
2: about to gut that, renovate flip it, it, flip and, it, chop and it, now screw you walk it. away with nothing. Yep. Yep.
0: And they, you know, a lot of them said the same things was like, well, we didn't know what we could do with the house, which is what we want to talk to you guys about
2: today. For sure. Well, the racial wealth gap in America is still growing. It's growing wider and wider. In fact, some studies show that in 30 years, wealth for black families will be at zero. Mm -hmm. Not a y'all. Nothing. And with this knowledge and a desire to build wealth for our children and future generations, which I think is very um, a big focus, I think, for our generation as millennials, um, when parents or grandparents pass on and leave their properties behind, the decision to keep or sell may be confusing Mm -hmm. and a little bit um, divisive for the family. So it's like, do you sell and split the money amongst the living or do you keep it and let those family members who always seem to be in need live in the house? Yep you know, mess up granny's old plastic covered furniture. Yep. You know, she still got the plastic on that joint. Yep. Um, what are the things that you should really consider before selling? So we're going to weigh out the options of yeah. selling versus keeping. Um, well, and we well, also have some stats that we can get into.
0: Before we go there, let's discuss why the racial wealth gap is getting larger. Mm-hmm. Right, Most people in this country, white Americans who have any bit of wealth or generational wealth, ma- majority of them got their wealth from land that was passed down during slavery, mm-hmm. to be honest, right? right? And during reconstruction, that's where a majority of them got their land. When FDR created the New Deal mm-hmm. and they decided that they were going to help the housing market, right? That's when they created suburbs. Mm-hmm. and they gave they told contractors, this is the government, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the actual federal government gave contractors subsidies to build more houses after the Great Depression. But those subsidies were given to contractors who built houses in white neighborhoods and wouldn't allow black people to move into those neighborhoods. So what happens is black people, right, were all pushed into ghettos. Mm -hmm. Once they were pushed into these areas, were uh, all of these black people pushed into areas, they discounted the land, didn't give them insurance, Mm -hmm. and told them that their property wasn't valued as much as white properties. You take that, and that was in the 1920s.
2: Still happening
0: today. So a hundred years of them devaluing black properties, um, not giving blacks insurance on top of burning down black cities that were mm-hmm. thriving, you get a racial wealth gap because now you have white families who are gaining money and gaining access to wealth mm-hmm. who can now go out and buy more property and more wealth. Mm-hmm. And as they buy more property, they'll say, well, you know, what? you can't own it, but you can rent it. Mm hmm. So now you have a lot more black families who are renting property than owning property because the properties that were passed down are given to, you know, white people give to their, you know, white children Mm -hmm. and black families, their properties were burnt down or taken or they lost them Mm -hmm. or they just lived in ghettos from the time they got out of reconstruction and were trying to build through- Wherever they were redlined. Wherever they were redlined (laughs) in the segregated South. Mm -hmm. So over a hundred years that continues to keep the wealth gap Mm increased, but that also explains why- Black families have such a sentimental value to their properties because they're like, you know, if my grandma owned this, I can't sell it because we as a community don't have property. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to talk about today is because just owning a piece of property and squatting on it is not using the asset the way it was supposed to be used. Right.
2: Or holding on to that asset, waiting until said granny, grandpa, whoever passes away when there may be opportunities right. to pull from that home while right. they're there and then purchase another property or do Abs- other absolutely. things, invest. Think about someone who wants to start up a business. Absolutely. Those are the times when you can actually say, hey, let me find out what this is worth. What is it appraising for? What can I pull mm-hmm. from to then invest into something to make this grow? Because also we know that holding on to a property or an investment that's just not making you any kind of money is also too to a detriment
0: but that's that's also the mindset right for black americans the mindset is always to get a good job Mm -hmm. make sure you get a pension Mm -hmm. and make you know get your two weeks vacation and, and if you can live a life like that then you're successful in america yeah as opposed to thinking my job is only for me to be able to get money to own property to then use that property to get more property this way i don't have to work Working is only part of the American dream. Working is not the full American dream.
2: But you know what? In their defense, there's a scarcity mentality that they have. Absolutely. um, Prior generations to us were just not having. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they just want to see their money. Absolutely. They want to see their money as in I own this vehicle. Mm -hmm. Don't matter if it's a depreciating asset. They just wanna see that they own it. Yes. They're not leasing, they're not renting, they own. Yes, They wanna own this home that they live in because why? Mm-hmm. I'm not paying rent to anyone. I own this home, I'm paying my mortgage mm-hmm. or my home is paid off. My bank account, I have this 401k, I have my savings mm-hmm. account. I can see my dollars and cents here, so that makes sense That's for it. me. But in the grand scheme, is it really making sense if you cannot use those assets to then grow the money? Absolutely. You know, so. Let's jump into some facts and stats because, you know, we like to know what they're saying. So the rate of white home ownership is now 74 percent, while black ownership is 30 percent points lower, according to the most recent Census Bureau figures. More than half of white families end up with more wealth than their parents, right. while only twenty three percent of blacks are able to do the same thing and,
0: and a, a large part of that comes from home ownership mm-hmm. because if you home if you own property and you pass property down, mm-hmm. the property continues to gain value. Mm-hmm. So that's why those the younger generation is valued more because right. they're continuing to not only accrue more property, mm-hmm. but the property value goes, goes up.
2: up. also, think about this. a couple gets married, okay. You have a black couple, you have a white couple. Uh, white couples, you know, uh, the bride's mom and dad, they throw the wedding, right? Mm-hmm. They pay for the entire thing because that's their daughter. The groom's parents, down payment for a home. Mm-hmm. And then they're living in a home. A lot of. Also, the gifts black- you get from the wedding, and the gifts from people who know okay we want to help support this family we're going to cover our head and then give them a little extra to put towards whatever it is that they're trying to save or invest in
0: if you use our wedding for example we had 375 people 330 330 Mm -hmm. if everybody brings $100 to cover their plate and our parents would have covered everything Mm -hmm. we would have walked away with $33,000 on top of a down payment for a home
2: yes which we didn't have
0: which we didn't have so
2: we're just looking at the white family versus the black family yeah and typically how? of course right. there's anomaly situations however for the most part that's how they're starting they're starting with that yeah. little extra edge whereas a black couple may have to be like all right we're gonna move in together now we're gonna rent this space until we can save up enough money for a down payment for a right. home you know so and also you're
0: gonna have to pay off the credit cards that you use to pay for your wedding because facts, that part. and these are not like, like we don't <laughs> We always say we generalizations are the devil's work. So we're right. not saying all white people go through this, course. all black people. Of course. What we're talking about is why the financial wealth gap is the way mm-hmm. it is, and we're talking about the majority, the majority, we're, or we're, even people that we've experienced, yes. and spoken to. So, yes, definitely. To and and when yeah. we talk about these experiences, we're not guessing. We're talking about stuff that we've seen. Mm-hmm. So and we both went to we both went to Hofstra, so we have friends who are white. We have friends who are black. Kadine has done weddings for the past it was like oh a, a decade at least a decade you what know what? Is, and all yeah. of your all of your clients were not black and all of them were not white but right. you saw how the weddings went on both sides on both
2: sides very so different it's
0: extremely different and in, in how the groom and bride were able to walk away with different things on each side mm-hmm. whereas and i know especially in our in our culture black culture people sometimes don't even know to bring gifts to a wedding right you know, it's just let me come celebrate with them. Mm-hmm. You know, what they throw in a good party, and they, they can that's afford what it, is. it. So, <laughs> and it's like if you, <laughs> you don't know? get invited, you get pissed off. That part, but you know, it's customary that you bring a gift and cover your plate. Mm-hmm. That's customary mm-hmm. for certain, you know, for certain uh, cultures. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's not all black cultures because in African cultures, they have huge weddings, and the bride and that groom too. walk away with tons of money.
2: Mm-hmm. So that that money spray, you bomb. <laughs> look 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 you know I love you done seen it all I during the weddings it. oh yeah absolutely you've, you've seen it all i've seen it all i had a good time cocktail hours are usually my favorite too <laughs> i will partake <laughs> um white families are twice as likely to receive an inheritance as black families and that inheritance is nearly three times as much for mm. families with an inheritance median white wealth is 7.5 times larger than for black families comparatively white families have times Mm. more wealth than black families without an inheritance. Mm. Interesting. For most American families, home equity is their largest asset, and homeowners are much wealthier than renters. Mm -hmm. Americans who own homes in 2019 had a medium net worth of $255,000, $255,000, mm. more than 40 times the median net worth of renters. There you go. And in 2019, the typical white family had $184,000 in assets, while the typical black family had only $23,000, according to an analysis by the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. Staggering.
0: But, but I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense, right? When you think about slavery, slavery is a class system,
3: mm-hmm.
0: right? If you make slavery illegal, you have to create a class system by a different name, right? <laughs> right. So we start with gentrification.
2: It's never really over, y'all. Right?
0: No, not gentrification. We <laughs> we start with redlining, mm-hmm. right? Then we start with changing laws that criminalize black people. Oh, for example, great. and I know this may seem like it's getting a little bit off topic, but just humor me for a minute. Mm-hmm. You start with the criminalization of black people, mm-hmm. right? So once Reconstruction happens. We talked about this on another podcast, but you have the the movie Birth of a Nation that was played in the White House. Oh yes. Where you have a white man in blackface who runs around raping white women and the Ku Klux Klan comes in and saves America from the big bad black man that was just freed in slavery. Mm -hmm. Right? That was a birth of a nation and that's where a lot of Southern whites got their pride from. Right? This is that's so it's like, oh, we have to be concerned about free black people now. Then you have the Vagrancy Act of 1866, Mm -hmm. right? The Vagrancy Act of 1866 pretty much said that if you can't read, write, or own property and you were homeless, then you were a vagrant. Mm -hmm. And that was punishable by life in prison. Who can't read or write or own property now that they're Mm -hmm. free? Let me think. (laughs) Slaves. (laughs) So you have 4 million million black people freed. Uh, I think about a million died over the time, of course, during the Civil War. But Mm -hmm. you have 3 million black people freed who couldn't read or write because you wouldn't let them read or write. And they didn't own property. So now you have walking uh, convicts yep. that you can pretty much say, hey, you are homeless? You can't read or write? Sorry, you have to get into our convict program because now you're a vagrant. Mm-hmm. And now you know what we can do with you? We can put you in convict leasing. Convict yeah, leasing meant me that all Free prisoners labor. get to work for the state as long as they are wards of the state.
2: Yep. You so get then, to work for the state. Uh huh. So right. pretty much <laughs>
0: you have all of these black people
2: mm-hmm.
0: who – after being freed, had to go through the Vagrancy Act of 1866, mm-hmm. convict leasing. Mm-hmm. Those that weren't considered convicts had to deal with redlining. Yep. And even when they were able to build their own cities, they were bombed, like Tulsa, Oklahoma, yep. and just snatched away from them. Mm-hmm. And also, a lot of those those houses weren't even given insurance because the government told an insurance company not to insure black homes. So, you have 100 years mm. of this cycle happening, and you have people. mm mm-hmm. Who have this mindset that as long as I can work, make money, and pay my rent, I'm living the American dream. Yep.
3: But you're paying rent float. to who though?
0: Who you're paying rent to? White families mm-hmm. who own the properties that you don't have the possibility to own. So, um, but yeah. then black people still aspire to live the happy life. So mm-hmm. it's like, I want to have a big, huge wedding like they have. Mm-hmm. I'll put it on credit cards.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Credit cards, you're paying the money back to banks at ridiculous interest rates, right? Yep. Oh, in order to be able to live this life, I have to go to school to get an education. Mm-hmm. Education costs what? Now, anywhere between a quarter to a half a million dollars for I you to get educated to get a job that will get you to coming out making like. $40,000 a year. So you spend the most part of your life in debt mm-hmm. trying to pay back the banks on credit cards, your banks for your student loans, paying rents for your apartment. So you don't have a large part of your life with the ability to accrue assets to own property to then pass down to your children. Mm-hmm. Most people who lived who had to live through that cycle die in debt. And yep. you know what they pass down to their children? De- debt. That's the truth. People, it's, it is a system, it is not fair, mm-hmm. but you have to know how the system works right. and not get caught in the system. For example, you and I were in that system for a little bit, I made it to the NFL, yes. Mm-hmm. I did, I made it to the NFL. But we lost a lot of money in the stock market yep. and we moved back to Brooklyn, broke. Yeah. And at the time, Kadena and I had two property that we owned. We were renting mm-hmm. because when we had the capital, we bought property. First thing we did, mm-hmm. we were renting the people. So the property were getting was getting covered for mm-hmm. the most part. But there were always things that happen when you own properties. Mm-hmm. You and I both had jobs. We were working to be able to pay rent and put food on the table. But we were also putting money aside for our dreams. Mm-hmm. The key here is the sacrifice. Right. And this is what I want to talk to people about. There were four years in our marriage, the first four years, where Kadena and I didn't go on vacation. Yeah. I turned in my car. We took the train. Mm-hmm. We didn't buy no bags, no clothes, no jewelry. Yep. For Basics four stuff. years
2: Thank to God be able to save. Thank God for Matt Cosmetics that had you wear black. Because yeah, I know. Because you was good. You were on. good in the black. <laughs> because I'm like, as long as it wasn't dingy, washed out black, we were all right. <laughs>
0: and that and that's how we lived for but that's four how years. It was. Yes, to save up every little last dollar to continue to invest in ourselves.
2: And not gonna lie, that was a very difficult point, not just financially for us, but in our marriage in general, yeah. because of just the strain and the sacrifice and and everything pretty much our our, we weren't focused on each other and that's Mm -hmm. i think when we look back now i mean that's part of the reason why we struggled so much that was a large part of why our marriage struggled. it wasn't for anything other than the fact that we both Mm -hmm. were just nose down in our fields at the time trying to make ends meet and get out of that slump
0: but but it also shows you that it's possible yes right because what i want to implore to people is that The system exists and that cycle exists to keep mm-hmm. a class of people down so that they can continue to work so that the rich can make more money. Right. But there are also things in place that can help, right? So, for example, Kadena and I chose not to send our kids to independent school. Our kids went to public school. Mm-hmm. We got them tested. We put them in the best public schools possible, right? Mm-hmm. Kadena and I, when we first moved back, my grandmother was staying in subsidized apartment. I said, "Yo, put me on a lease just in case I ever got to move back." Right. And our rent at the time was only two thousand right. dollars for that huge apartment that we were living in. Mm-hmm. The subsidized rent allowed us to save money. Are what,
2: they even doing that still now? Where you can put someone on the lease if you've been there for a long time? If if your
0: grandfathered in in New York State, yeah, really? you can. Okay. Yes, you can.
2: Because yeah, I know that that was also too. Yes, you can kind of touch and go. So make sure y'all know that.
0: Now, if you if you're starting a new lease, right. a brand new lease, you can't. Right. But if your grandparents or your parents had a lease in a subsidized apartment mm-hmm. in New York City they cannot up the rent by so much percent every month right so i mean every year or every lease every, Yeah. but um Renewal. when Kadena and i talk about capital to invest right mm-hmm. we're not talking about ma- taking the money you make and putting in the stock market when i'm talking about investing i'm talking about investing in ourselves
3: mm-hmm.
0: right so if Kadena and i for example made an additional $2000 every month with that money that could have went to paying a higher rent Or I could have went to a car note or could have went to a bag or travel. We took that money and at the end of six months, like we got $12,000. What can we need? Kadeem was like, well, I can use some new brushes. I can do some makeup classes. So let me invest in buying these brushes. Let me invest (laughs) in getting some. uh, Remember you used to rent those rooms to throw those makeup classes? Yeah, You invest in yourself to make more revenue. Mm -hmm. I did the same thing with the gym. I said, well, I'm making a little bit more extra per month. Let me hire another trainer. This way I can take in more clients.
2: So I think it's safe to say that what we've deciphered so far, that it's not enough just to have the property, mm-hmm. to own the property, to know that you're existing in the property or that the property is just there, even if you're not living in it. Right. Um, at some point, you have to decide when it's going to be beneficial for right. you to potentially pull from that, sell it, or do something to then advance and move on to another property, another investment, right. something. So what are ways to kind of decipher that? Um, that you've experienced or have you seen?
0: Well, the first thing is, is understanding if you're getting the most value out of the property, mm-hmm. right? Because most people want to just live in a property because if you don't have a mortgage, I think, I think there's a stat that says 75% of people's paychecks go to where they're going to live. Mm. So regardless of what type of job you have, if you had 75% more of your money to spend, you'd just be living a better life. So some people look at grandma's house as a way for them to just make 75% more money so they could spend it on stuff that's frivolous. you know. Right. So, oh, I don't have a mortgage because I live in my grandmother's house. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to buy a high-end car that has a depreci- that has a high depreciation value. Right. Or I'm going to buy more bags. Or right. I'm going to go on more trips. Or mm-hmm. I'm a, but it's just like you're not helping yourself mm-hmm. and you're not helping grandma move the family forward just by staying there for free and spending the extra money you have and giving it to someone else. Right. So I think it's important for you to say, you know what, if we have people who are fam- or family who are staying in grandma's house, how about we just, we're not going to call it rent, right? But we'll just pay a contribution to the asset. Mm-hmm. This way we can continue to build on the asset because mm-hmm. you know what happens to assets when you live in it and you don't pay nothing? It gets fucked up.
3: Mm-hmm. People live
0: in the house. They tear it up. They sit on the furniture. They smoke in it They drink in there, They do all this sort of stuff that doesn't help the property grow. Right. But how about we call it a maintenance fee? Right. And all of the adults that live in this <laughs> exactly. house that don't pay no rent, you got to pay a Pass maintenance fee. Pass the collection fee. plate, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Let, For real, though. Let's pay a maintenance fee. This way we can keep the upkeep of the house. So even if you're keeping the upkeep, the value of the property continues to increase. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be multitudes of of adults living in the property but the front yard is still not cleaned on a consistent basis mm-hmm. and you're bringing down the property value. Mm-hmm. That's number 1. If you don't have family living in the property and grandma's not there anymore, mm-hmm. but the property's just sitting there. Now you have an asset that's not an asset that's not generating any revenue.
2: Yep.
0: You should be renting the property out or you know depending on the city you live in because now they have so many regulations but you can Airbnb Mm -hmm. the property for sure and make additional revenue like there's so many ways that you can make money off of these properties that are just sitting there as opposed to just having it sit there Mm -hmm. and nobody doing anything with it
2: just remember whatever plan you devise just know that if it's an airbnb like recently in atlanta i heard that they got rid of a ton of them because if the government ain't making no money off of you baby they will find a way or they will put the kibosh in it so Make sure you do your, due, do your due diligence when you're trying to figure out what that yeah. next step is going to look like for you in your investment. Yeah. So I think those are some great tips, some great tricks, things that we should just as a people be able to advance, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I'm excited about our generation and the generations hopefully moving forward that we yeah. this legacy building that we talk about so often that seems so almost really daunting or untouchable, I think yeah. this is a great way to start and a great way to continue to make our families proud. You know, Absolutely. my parents have a property that now they were looking to possibly sell. This was an investment property that they've had for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they realize, you know what, if I were to sell this right now, A, I may not get the, the worth, or right. what I think I should be getting for it. Right. And then the capital gains tax is something that you have to pay back. Um, unless,
0: no. Unless your parents, like we did, Put it in the trust.
2: Yeah, was gonna get to that. So insta- yeah, so instead of doing that, like they said, this was something that they purchased um, with the hopes of being able to pass it down right. to me, my brother, my sister, and I told my dad too. Or actually, you did. You had the idea to tell him. You know, Pop, you've worked so hard. You you and mom have you know worked hard to mm-hmm. obtain this. Um, you don't have to wait until you're dead and gone for right, us to, to then it, right, reap the benefits of it. There's so absolutely. many different ventures that we have now different opportunities where absolutely. we're like, yo, if we had this capital right now, we can jump on this investment or we can absolutely. you know, um do this to improve the property and then potentially absolutely. make more money on the back end with that, you know. So, it's really great to have those conversations and I think our generation needs to be the ones who educate our parents because yeah. The tides have shifted to the point where Our parents were taking care of us and we're at that age now where I feel like we're starting to take care of our parents and we're the ones that have to kind of make sure that they're going to be okay as they continue to age, which we hope gracefully and without stress because we're here to help them do so. So So let's talk more about putting that money in a trust, different Mm -hmm. ways that we can now capitalize off of the house, the property, grandma's investment.
0: So what people need to understand is that when your parents buy a property and they pass a property to you. You're going to have to pay capital gains tax when you sell that, mm-hmm. right? Which means if your parents buy a property for $20,000 and the property just grows to be a million, mm-hmm. right? That's $980,000 worth of capital gains. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter that it was your parents. And if your parents are gone, you still have to pay capital gains tax if they left the property to you.
2: Because they're not giving you that whole 980 scot-free Not gonna happen. <laughs> at all.
0: Not going to happen. But- if you put it in a trust and the trust keeps them as the beneficiary keeps them as the owners of the property but you the beneficiary mm-hmm. now you don't have to pay a full capital gains tax on a 980,000 i think what happens is the property rolls over into what the value of the property it would have been now if they purchased it. Okay. So it wouldn't be considered the full $20,000 that uh, they paid for it. Gotcha. So, so we'll still get that. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. I'm not an expert in that. But I do know that if you put it into a trust mm-hmm. that you don't have to pay the full capital gains tax on all of that property. Which is important for people to know mm-hmm. when you do have a property that's a, a rental property. Mm-hmm. You should put a trust or create a trust because that also protects you from being sued if something happens in the event like you have properties in your name. OK, this is Davile Ellis property. Someone slips and falls on the front lawn. Mm-hmm. They can sue Deval Ellis. Mm-hmm. You know, but if the property's in a trust inside of an, and an LLC owns the trust, they can only sue the LLC right. that the property's uh, name is under. They can't sue me personally, mm-hmm. which is important for people to know when you rent property. For sure. But um
2: so things we should also consider before selling is the attachment to this place based on anything other than emotions. <laughs> okay, because the death of a family member always comes with emotional after effects. But are your emotions enough to keep you financially tied to the property?
0: And we see this a lot. Yeah. We see this a lot. So-and-so lived here forever. We never sell selling this property. Mm-hmm. And no one looks to do anything advantageous with the property or for it. People just want to live there. Mm-hmm. And they want to live there for free so that they don't have to pay rent. So they can use whatever money they have to go do whatever frivolous things they want to do. And that's not fair to the person who died trying to make sure the property was staying in the family. So For sure. if, it's, if it's just an emotional attachment and people are leeching and mooching off of the property, it's time to move forward. For sure. Yeah.
2: Another thing to consider, do you have the financial knowledge to manage the sale or maintenance of the property? Like we discussed. The truth is selling the home or keeping it can... Create generational wealth for the family. It's important to have financial education to help you understand what the best choice is for the family.
0: So we'll give you guys an example. kadeen's parents bought property. They sold two houses to pay for your education, mm-hmm. right? They have one property left. The one problem when they have two properties left, the, pro- right. the house they So live one
2: in, one for like education. So one stuff. for education yeah. to mm-hmm. pay
0: for you guys' education. So you guys don't have any debt from mm-hmm. school, which mm-hmm. is great. Which is one way you see selling a property can help a family because if you selling the property and using the equity to pay off mm-hmm. um, higher learning or education, they now your children... Yeah, they inv- your your yeah. parents invested in you. Mm-hmm. So your parents get to graduate and not have any debt to pay mm-hmm. back for school. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, your dad said, I always wanted this building for my, my kids. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to own it. In his mind, it was... If they own this building and they continue to rent it out, they could split the monthly rent between the three of you guys every month. Mm -hmm. And in his mind, that's what he saw. Mm -hmm. But then we sat down and was just like, but dad, if you sell this property and you give all of us the shares of the equity that you had for us, we could all buy our own separate properties and do the same thing you did. Mm -hmm. And then for him, it was like. Oh, wait, you're right. Right. I so, can just do that. On it. Yeah. so rather than just sitting on it and all splitting the rent from mm-hmm. one property, you teach your children how to do the same thing you did and you use the equity to duplicate that process. That's yes. how you create generational wealth. So now the family
2: now owns how many properties? Three. Exactly. And
0: then that three can turn into nine and that nine turns into 27 and that's mm-hmm. ultimately okay, how you math. build... Gener- that's just what the I do. The here, math is y'all. math and over here, y'all. This is what I do. Yes. And this is that's how you build generational wealth. Can you imagine... Three generations from now, the Ellis' own over 100 properties because every time... Well, we have four kids. So that one will turn to four and the four will turn to 16 and the 16 to 64. Like that's
2: that's what you do. Yep, that's what you go for. Which leads me to the next point. How will your decision affect the next generation? Will you sell the house and blow it on money, cars, clubs, clothes, hoes? Or <laughs> will you use the money to pay off the debt and invest in other income generating vehicles?
0: And this is, this is an important part for families. We have to do a better job of not relying on schools to teach our kids, mm. right? Our schools are not going to teach our kids about true American history, right? Now right. they call it critical race theory, and people are scared, right? Okay, don't don't teach them that. I'm not worried about nobody teaching my kids right. about history because We're I'm going to teach them, right? Right. I'm also not just going to teach my kids that one plus one equals two. I'm going to teach my kids about equity, taxes. I'll give them a greater financial uh, a, a financial access to information. Mm-hmm. What is a bank account? What is a savings account? What is an IRA? What is a 401k? These are the things that we need to teach our kids along with trades.
3: Because
0: mm-hmm. so, you may have a child that says, I don't want to go to college. Right. Cool, you don't want to go to college. Do you want to be an electrician? Do you want to be a plumber? Do you want to be a carpenter? Well, why should I do that? Well, your dad owns a multitude of properties. Rather than me paying, someone else to do the work on the houses we buy how about you get a trade you learn how to do that work Mm -hmm. you can use that work as sweat equity to own your own properties within the family this way i don't got to pay someone else but now you can fix up this house and get paid by owning the property
2: then start your own business and do other properties and
0: and that's how you teach your children exactly that's how you teach your children because if home ownership and land ownership is the number one way to increase wealth in america we should be teaching our children how to own and flip homes. You know, and any, any other job is just a way for you to get capital to do that. And then once you know how to do that, your family will always have money and they'll always have a place to stay.
2: Yep. You always hear about people, oh, I have money in real estate. I have money in real estate. I own a couple of properties.
0: All, a lot of people. A the richest people, people I that. know in the world. And I know a lot of people now being in this industry. I always ask them, like, so, so how do you, how did you make money? Just entertainment? I mean, I started in entertainment, but I make a lot more of my money now in real estate. They all say that. It doesn't matter if it's Tyler Perry or Draymond Green or it doesn't matter what form of entertainment or athlete or finance person. They always say like Bilal. Mm -hmm. Bilal started at BlackRock, but now he owns property.
2: Right. Can you afford to keep the property? If you keep the property, how will you use it? Will it be an investment property? Can you afford the taxes and expenses left with it?
0: So this is the craziest part, right? When I was working at PacPlex um, and I was working with, uh, working at PacPlex at the gym, right? Um, that family that owns Packplex, uh, a guy by the name of Irv mm-hmm. Landau, his family owns a bunch of models, mm-hmm. and he and Rich, Rich Marshall, who owns PacPlex,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, they both said to me, you know, there's no property should be anything but an investment property, mm-hmm. even the home you live in should be an investment property, and I was just like. Make like just make it make sense for me Mm -hmm. real quick, and it was just like even the home you live in has equity. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: If it if it is considered capital or considered something of value of an asset, if you see an advantage where you can make money, move. Mm. And I was like, just move like that. (laughs) Right. He's like, there's so many places to live in the world. Like, okay, say say you sell. Say you're living in a house where you can gain six million dollars in equity by selling it overnight to someone right. you telling me that that's six million dollars you can't find another dream home that you want to live in <laughs> right and when he started saying that it made sense right. even when we sat down to speak to uh envy mm-hmm. right we we sat down and everybody knows when it comes to to money and flipping property and learning how to be a, a business person dj envy does not hold back mm-hmm. on that information mm-hmm. if you ask questions he'll give you all the information you need. All he ever asked is that you do your research and if you want to learn, mm-hmm. you come with him. He used to say, you can make money on anything from watches to cars. So he said, I have no sentimental value to any object mm. other than my kids and my wife. Those are the only objects that are like physical objects that to me have no value. Everything else has a value. And if the value that you can get from it is more than what you put into it, <laughs> Move on and make it a business transaction. And if you start to think like that, that's how you're able to accrue more assets and be able to do more things for your family. As opposed to saying, oh, well, I grew up in this house. I can't sell it. If it's advantageous for you to sell a house and move on, move on. Yeah,
2: there you go. If you decide to sell, do you sell it as it is or do you fix it up first? It may be expensive if the property needs expansive repairs, but... If you sell it as is, you don't want to expect a big buyout.
0: So that that all just depends on the situation you're in. Depends on how much equity you have in a home. For example, say you have a home that your parents bought in the 90s for 300k. Mm-hmm. Now the home is valued at 600,000. So now you have $300,000 worth of equity just on what your parents bought it. But also your parents have been paying off on the mortgage. Mm-hmm. So say they've been in the house for 15 years and now you know, they paid off 150 So now the mortgage loan is 150 but the house can sell for 600 Now you have $450,000, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many ways. Like, say, say you don't have the capital to fix mm-hmm. it up, take out a home equity loan, mm-hmm. take out $100,000, make the house immaculate. Now you have 250, but it's 600,000. Get the house reappraised, that 600,000 goes to Mm 800,000. So now you just made an additional 50,000 by pulling out that loan. There's so many ways for you to use the equity that's in the property to make more money that it really just depends on your financial situation. Find out how much equity you have in the property, find out how long it's gonna take for you to sell, Mm -hmm. and then make your decisions based on that. If it costs you more money to fix it up, don't fix it up. If fixing it up is gonna make you more money on the sale, Right, fix it up.
2: Shoot. How many times have we been into those houses looking for some recently, and you could see, all right, so they really did some cheap, yeah, upgrades to surface level, make yes. this look good, but you know they didn't really do the good stuff. It was just to get <laughs> rid of this house. We yes. be on to y'all with that, okay? But I get it, because as a person who's owning a home, wanting to sell, sometimes Absolutely. you gotta do what you gotta do. I'm gonna slap to some paint it on off it the
0: hand. Like, It look nice. It yeah, look do nice, what right?
2: <laughs> Exactly. And lastly, how will you pay the inheritance tax? When the owner of the property dies, the property's value is stepped up to the fair market mm-hmm. value on the day they die rather than when it was acquired. Mm-hmm. So if you sell, you will be required to pay taxes on any gain on sales in excess of the current market value, which you discussed as so well. So there
0: you go. So typically what happens is is if you sell, portion of the money you sell has to be put aside to pay taxes. That's it. So if you get $400,000, uh, from selling a home, just expect those property gain taxes to be about twenty five percent. So twenty five percent of four hundred thousand is a hundred thousand. Of that four hundred, don't go and spend the quick four hundred. Put down a twenty five percent away in an account and say this is my tax account. Period. Whenever you sell a property, take twenty five percent away, put it in an account and say this is my tax account. So I know I'm gonna have the money to pay capital gains tax.
2: Look at you, mm-hmm. just a wealth of knowledge i wanna do it baby overflowing and bubbling like <laughs> jesus love i love it all right y'all so we are going to take a quick break um let that sink in for y'all hope you were taking some notes um and we're gonna get into y'all's notes because y'all be sending us love notes in the form of listener letters that we're gonna get into after some ads are paid all right stick around
0: Hey, yo, what's good, y'all? Let me ask you a question. Can you remember how many medicines are in an HIV pill? Well, check this out. If you said two, three, or maybe even four, you're absolutely right. Most HIV pills contain three or four medicines, but you also may be able to stay undetectable with just two medicines in one single pill. Yep, there's an HIV pill containing just two medicines that may help you stay undetectable. Why might all this matter for someone on HIV treatment? Well, HIV pills are taken daily, so consider whether a pill with fewer medicines might be right for you. How many medicines are in your HIV pill? If you don't know, don't trip, because your doctor knows. Talk to your doctor about a two-in-one HIV pill today. Visit www.fewerhivmeds.com to learn more. Brought to you by Vive Healthcare.
4: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury
0: But all year long.
2: That's right, y'all. Black founders and the products they bring to the table are creating a whole new world of choices at Walmart.
0: That's right. Go to walmart.com slash black and unlimited to discover all the amazing black-owned products you can add to your daily routine.
2: All right, we're back with Mm -hmm. Listener Letters. Let's dive right in. Good afternoon, Devalin and Kadeen. I hope all is well. I'm a huge fan of your videos and just bought tickets to your show in boop, Philly. Yes, we'll see you there. I cannot wait, y'all. Y'all have no idea. Like, I'm itching to get back I live on stage to interact with y'all. So, we are super excited. Thanks for getting your tickets. Congratulations on baby boy Dakota. I'm in desperate need of advice. My husband and I have two beautiful children and a third on the way. I think Congrats. my husband doesn't have any connection to our son. Or with our son rather he has a great connection and bond with our daughter but when it comes to our son it's a different ball game Our son is 11 months old and we have another baby boy on the way. Usually when he comes home from a long day's work, sometimes he'll walk past our son, give our daughter a big giant hug. Also times when I would ask him to give our son a bath, he only is halfway attentive to him. He's a great dad and a great husband and provider. I don't want to seem like I'm discrediting him in any way, but I just don't know what to do. Is there any advice that you can give him to help develop a deeper connection and bond with our son? I think I know kind of what this is. I don't know how old your daughter is, but DeVal literally says like, he really doesn't have much to do with the boys until they're a little bit older to kind of be thrown around interacting with him. Um, You know, um, I mean, till he can say, dad, I got to use the bathroom. Like when the baby, baby phases of things, you're not super Doty. I feel like as a dad um, with all the boys. I mean you were yeah, hands no, on with Jackson I mean, because you had to be because yeah, I was, you know I was we were in a with different Jackson position. I had to be there mm-hmm. all the time. And he was the first.
0: And he was the first. And then with Cairo and Caz, I I do talk to them a lot. Like I'm I am an attentive father, but No,
2: you are. But I'm just saying in terms of like being super doty when they're that age.
0: I mean, when you think about it, I used to make all the videos with the kids when they were that age. 11 months. Like, I used to make videos in the morning with no, them. No, the
2: videos, yeah. But I'm just saying on a day-to-day basis when it's, like, the runnings of things having to do with the kids. Like, right now, pretty much with Dakota, for example, my mom and I do a lot of the, yeah. the you know, back yeah. times, diaper changes, yeah, well, feedings but and I'm all a, that. But, but. And, of course, you're there if we need you know but what i'm saying be. is
0: is in the past i had to do that because mm-hmm. your mom wasn't living with her right so if it's just them two there then mm-hmm. her mom doesn't is not living with them mm-hmm. so when she's not doing it somebody has to do it right i don't feel the need to do it as much with dakota because he has a primary care person who's here all the time okay but if your mom wasn't here right then it would be
2: but we kind of had no choice that's
0: what and that's what i'm saying like mm. when if you think about the first three boys I had no choice, right? You know what I'm saying. But right. with Dakota, someone's there to care for him. There's not much I can do now. Mm-hmm. You know, he just got to be clean, fed, and.
2: But I feel like too, like you, even your brother, your dad, they y'all pretty much say like. Y'all like to be more hands on with the boys or the kids in general when they're a little older because that's yeah. just when you can they can interact with you. So for example, if he bypasses, she bypasses bypasses the son to go to the daughter, it may be because she can communicate interact, with him and, and interact, interact a little like, bit yeah, more.
0: Eleven month old isn't know? gonna say much, but but still I'm not gonna walk past my baby to another kid. Like I'm just right. not, like I'm not gonna act like that's a normal yeah, you don't do that. I don't do that. No right. one does that. So yeah. I don't know what that's about unless he's one of those dudes where it's like this is my son, like he's gotta be tough. You know, right. I remember when I first had Jackson, I was in that he got to be tough mm-hmm. phase. That was my first son. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older and I realized that I need to spend more time hugging him and kissing him and showing him that I love him and that'll give him the confidence to be tough. Mm-hmm. But sometimes dad's got to learn that. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's something he has to learn.
2: Being his first son. Like I, I mm-hmm. felt
0: like if because I was a, I was way more, I would say, aggressive mm-hmm. and distant with Jackson as far as like if he fell, get up. Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but then i did learn over time that their confidence and toughness is comes from them knowing someone got their back right they're being not from them having to figure stuff out on their own because Mm -hmm. then that lost feeling feeling can make you feel small. Mm-hmm. And that's when you I used to watch Jackson like shrink a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I used to be like, why are you shrinking? Like, I got you. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. How does he know that I'm here if I keep telling him to get up on his own?
2: Right. You see right. what
0: I'm saying? Yeah, so we with, did learn that with Jackson. We learned that with Jackson. But if you look at Jackson now, over the past couple of years, like recently, you took him to camp. Dude just got out the car like, all right, later, ma. Mm-hmm. That wasn't Jackson when he was early on. Jackson was always looking. Right. And I realized the more I hold his hand and hug him and kiss him and be like, yo, you know, I got you. Mm-hmm. And then when he falls, let him know, like, yo, I seen you fall. I seen you fall. Get up now. As opposed to ignoring him. Mm-hmm. Because I thought ignoring him would teach him, you know, self-motivation. I got up on my own. Right. Instead, now it's more like, yo, I saw you fall. I know it hurts. But you got to get up. You want me to help you up? The confidence he gets from knowing that I'm there is now like, no, I got it on my own. Yeah. And I think maybe him as a first time dad to a boy, it's mm-hmm. gonna take him some time to learn that. Yeah. You know, that's that's, that's really possible. what I think.
2: Yeah, that's very possible yeah. for sure. Because eleven months is still I mean, yeah. baby's probably walking now or about to be walking and yeah. I think it'll only get better as you get older. Yeah. That's stuff I that we still, had to learn.
0: I see Dakota and I still grab him, mm-hmm. kiss him up. You know, you know, I love you. And yeah. I give them back to Mimi because there's not much I can do. Right. But I'm not going to Especially when them. you have
2: three other kids pulling Right, right. But y'all were super cute this morning when I had to drop Jackson to camp and Mimi went to tennis and you and Dakota were in the bed all cuddled up. I have some That's of my best pictures. Is. Some of my best pictures I feel like with you and Dakota or just in general with mm-hmm. the kids are me getting shots with you and him in the bed in the morning together. But, but you know something crazy?
0: And I, I actually thought about this this morning, right? The minute Mimi walked out the door, Dakota started screaming. Mm-hmm. Ah! Ah, right Mm -hmm. and i made a choice and i made the choice from before that i'm not gonna just pick him up and walk him around Mm -hmm. so you know what i did what i just sat next to him and rubbed his back while he was screaming Mm -hmm. and then after a while he just was looking at me and then stopped
2: Mm. he knows who he just stopped
0: but the thing is kids train you as much as you think you're training them kids train you (laughs) and in his mind if i scream someone's gonna pick me up and walk me around right I've never went through that with the other boys because no one walked them around when yeah. they were that young. Yeah. So with Dakota, he's gonna have to learn that. Yeah. You know, when I'm with my dad, we just chilling. Yeah, I'm not gonna be walking. That's around. like the
2: second time I think that y'all have been in the bed together where he's been awake and then I come back and both of y'all asleep. I'm like, how'd you do that so easy? Because I just Daddy let him touch. chill. And man. it's still a thing too when he walks in the ro- when you walk in the room, Dakota will hear you and he, his head is like he's breaking yeah, his neck. He turned to see they all it do that yeah. since they're like newborns, even a couple of days old. They're looking it's for me you, talking to so. that stomach yeah there's that bond there so hopefully you guys will figure things out as a family together i wonder if she's also expressed this to her husband too as yeah well. i
0: think she should i think you should express what you notice because he may also he may not realize he's doing it or mm-hmm. he may tell you i'm doing that for a, for reason. a reason yeah and then you can mm-hmm. discuss you know what you think the effects of that will be
2: so. for sure all right good luck to y'all mm-hmm.
0: Number two, hey, Kadeen and DeVal. I am a longtime fan and a faithful deadass listener. Thank you so much. I love you both. My ex and I were in a three-year relationship, and I broke up with him because he cheated. Fast forward three years later, we reconnected again and have been dealing, dating around each other for about six months. We get along so well. There's chemistry. We're making future plans. We communicate well. When we started talking again, we agreed that we would not be seeing or talking to other people on the side. I asked him multiple times if he was seeing someone else, and he always said No turns out that he is speaking to someone else and I lost all trust in him. He tells me that he is no longer speaking to her and that I am the only one he wants to build a future with and he's going to prove that to me. I love this man with all my heart and aside from his infidelities, he is a great man. He motivates me to be better. I love his personality and everything about him. I can go on and on about all the great things he brings to me. How do I move forward? How can I instill trust in him again? Or well, you need to still trust. Yeah, you don't need to still trust him. Right. Mm-hmm. You need to trust yourself. I'm afraid that he may strike again and speak to other women on the side. How do I know he stopped speaking with her? Your advice is highly important to me. Uh, you may not know this, but the two of you are my relationship counselors. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> oh.
2: It's a tall order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like being
0: relationship counselors. I can tell you this, though. Yeah. Um, The first thing I would tell you to do is to block out all the noise. Mm-hmm. I know that you're getting plenty of advice and plenty of um things you should or should not do from people outside. Mm-hmm. You know this man, this man knows you, okay? Um, When someone shows you who they are, trust them the first time. That's number one, okay? Number two, only you can make a decision of whether or not you're tired of trying to be of service to someone or letting someone try to be of service to you. The reason why I say that is because there's these old sayings that say, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, or once a cheater, always a cheater. Mm-hmm. And I know firsthand from some of my boys that that's not always true. Because mm-hmm. I do have boys that used to be wild and then they just like, nah, I don't want to do this no more. So that's not always true. But it depends on your patience level and the level of respect that you think he has for you. And only you know. Mm-hmm. You know, So realistically, we can't tell you. But what we can tell you is that if you feel uncomfortable in a situation and that uncomfortable uncomfortability comes from a lack of trust. There's only but so long you can take that before you start to project the fact that you don't trust him on him and it's going to be an issue for the two of you. Because even if he's trying his hardest and he's not cheating anymore and you don't trust him and you have insecurities because you don't trust him, that's going to be frustrating to him.
2: Yeah, that's you know what, what I was going to say. That the insecurities um, and that lack of trust is probably the biggest thing that jumps out at this for yeah. me. Because say he does hang up the towel and he said, you know what, it's me and you. Are you always going to be wanting to look over his shoulder? Right. Are you going to be questioning when he questioning him when he says he's someplace, wondering if he's someplace else? Right. And the fact of the matter is that these infidelities that he's had were all choices that he's made. Yeah. He was deliberate in those choices. We
0: don't believe in mistakes. Yeah. Personally,
2: yeah, they're choices. So anything that we've had in the past and our issues, Mm -hmm. you know, we've always said we made that choice and Mm -hmm. you own up to that choice. And then it's up to the other person to decide based off of that choice and how it's made me feel. Is this something that I want to continue moving forward with, knowing that it could possibly happen again? Because why? People are human and people make their choices. Um, But I think the bigger issue is moving past this. If that's something that you guys decide to do, I'm just concerned about where your level of trust is going to be for him. It won't be instilling trust in him again. It's you having the trust But you know what this reminds me of?
0: Y'all going to laugh. But Zach and Karen. Right.
2: Oh, and walk sisters.
0: And I'm gonna tell you. Sisters. And I'm gonna tell you why. hmm Zach used to cheat on Karen all the time. hmm Right. Karen had her little side boo, or whatever. But that was pretty much in response to Zach mm-hmm. being immature. hmm Zach decided that he wanted to try to be the man that he thought he could be for Karen. hmm Karen decides that's not good enough. I want to see things with Aaron.
3: hmm
0: So Zach says fine. Zach moves on. With Fatima.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Karen sees Zach being the man that she wanted with Fatima and she can't even accept Zach. I mean, she can't even accept Aaron mm-hmm. because she wants the version of Zach that Fatima's getting. The reason why I say that is because of this. I don't know how old you are. I don't think that you said it, but if you already discredit this man as someone who can't possibly get right and, and you love him and you listen to other people and he goes on and becomes the man that you wanted for someone else, you're going to be heartbroken.
2: Yeah.
0: And you're going to sit there and have resentment towards whatever man comes at you next and resentment to whatever friends are telling you to move forward. hmm So I can what I say is yeah. you, because you're the one that has a choice to make,
2: mm-hmm.
0: need to make this choice based on how you feel and what you want. Mm-hmm. If you want to continue to give it a try, as long as he's not being disrespectful and he's not putting your health or your or any or your mental health in jeopardy, you continue to try to see if you guys can be of service to each other. But don't quit now. Mm-hmm. If you want to quit, and then watch him be somebody, be something to somebody else that you wanted, and be upset. Then she
2: ringing the alarm.
0: You know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> like, Facts.
0: I, like no, it's the truth though. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a chance that he may really be at that point, but only you will know. Right. And I, I think you'd say, you know what. I've done this as far as I can. I can't anymore. If you still feeling like I think I can keep giving it a try, I would say give it a try.
2: That's it, sis. But you have to keep an eye open. Max point.
0: Have to keep an eye open because if he's continuing to exude the same behavior he ex- existed exuded before, and you continue to say it's okay, I'm gonna keep trying. Yeah. You could also be letting him believe
2: that it's okay, sis. There you go. It's all right.
0: So realistically, it's up to you. When you when enough is enough. It's enough, walk away. Or if you realize that he's really figured it out, hopefully you guys can be happy together.
2: Mm -hmm. And you can decide that internally because if you involve too many people, too many friends, then you might be over it and they won't be. Yes,
0: do not involve anybody else in your relationship. For sure.
2: All right. If you want to be featured as one of our listener letters, email us at deadassadvice at gmail.com.
0: That's D-E-A-D-A-S-S-A-D-V-I-C-E at gmail.com.
2: All right. Moment of truth time to sell or not to sell grandma's house moment of truth. I think mine is pretty straightforward. Do not rely on emotions when it comes to making financial and business decisions. Mm. They may give you an inkling on what you may or may not be able to do or should do, but that should not be the sole determining factor. If it's going to be a situation where moving forward with a rational mind means advancement for you yourself your family your legacy i
0: agree i agree that kind of goes along with mine my moment of truth is is as simple as this the power and the value of the property is not in the building mm-hmm. it's in the asset mm-hmm. so if you can utilize that asset to create more assets the power is always in the asset not in the building sitting in the building and thinking the building has the power is going to do you a disservice mm-hmm Lastly, if it's a family issue, the person who has invested the most money into the property and has been responsible enough to maintain the property should be the person with the deciding vote.
2: And the sole person. And
0: and (laughs) that and there's nothing. There's this Mm non-negotiable. Do not let family members who do not invest time, blood, sweat. Prince, capital anything into a property tell you it ain't fair because of xyz mm-hmm. if you did not put in on this man you cannot get in <laughs> on this man
2: <laughs> period period <laughs> all right y'all and be sure to uh follow us on social media period um <laughs> Deadass, the podcast and i'm kadeen i am
0: and i'm devout and if you're listening on apple Podcasts, be sure to rate review and, and subscribe. subscribe Deadass, Deadass. y'all Deadass is a production of iHeartMedia Podcast Network and is produced by Denora Pena and Tribble. Follow the podcast on social media at DeadassThePodcast and never miss a thing.
4: Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.